Hello, and welcome to Bruins Built This, a daily Bruin podcast about UCLA student and alumni entrepreneurs. I'm Jack Garland, a podcast contributor, and today we're joined by Jermaine Sherman, founder of Community Up. Community Up is a social impact consulting and advisory practice that partners with community-based organizations, government agencies, advocate groups, and philanthropic institutions to design, validate, and operationalize strategic initiatives and social service programs to improve well-being and life outcomes for vulnerable black and brown communities. We'll be discussing where Community Up is now, how it got there, and where it's going. We'll also hear about UCLA's role in Community Up's success. And finally, Jermaine will share some advice for current and aspiring entrepreneurs. Jermaine, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Jack. So we're going to start with the goal and the mission of the company. What drives the company and what the model of the business is? Yeah, of course. You know, at a really high level, uh, Community Up seeks to position communities that are impacted to be decision makers um, and the thought leaders in sort of changing those conditions. And so uh, at our core, we work with whether it's advocacy groups, nonprofit groups, government agencies, to really design social impact initiatives that work, that are really aligned with the way people really live their lives, uh, that are community focused, that are human centered, and that it just acknowledge the humanity and dignity of communities. And we do that by embracing sort of design strategies and design practices that put impacted communities at the center of decision making. You know, I started Community Up uh, in 2020, I think it's the end of 2021. Um, after spending some time at LA County's Department of Children and Family Services uh, as a chief of staff, really looking at um, how to improve outcomes related to kids being removed from their communities of origin. Also did lots of projects focused on optimizing uh, like mental health programs for youth. And there was this common theme of just like, you know, really senior decision makers, elected officials making significant decisions about communities that they frankly knew nothing about, had never visited. Uh, a good colleague of mine, Sonia Sony, a medical anthropologist, and I launched a project in South LA with a group of foster youth. We gave them digital cameras and we told them to go out into their communities and sort of document experiences of their built environments. And, you know, those kids took awesome, hilarious photos of their walks home from school and how they played and how they did their homework and, you know, what they had for dinner. And it was, you know, through such a casual experience of just photography that we were able to identify quite a few commonalities between their experiences uh, in ways that we could reallocate existing resources to be more responsive to what they needed, right? Whether that's safe places to play or ways that we might better leverage like faith-based communities to be responsive to things like food drives and preparing students to go to their prom. These really think, you know, small things that are things that may appear small to us, but really um, were really meaningful to to students uh, or to to the youth uh, in care. And so, that was kind of the impetus, uh, you know, designing that project, being able to write and publish about that project and kind of extrapolate um, some design principles that might apply, you know, across geographies. And so that's one of our core principles is really just how do you design programs, interventions that put impacted communities at, at the core of, of solutioning? So it sounds like the main drive of starting the company was maybe flaws that you saw um, where you were working previously. And you thought that you could change those problems um, to have better results for your for your goal. I mean, for sure. I think that you know the impetus or 
Ulus may be born much sooner than that. I think that through both personal experience and observation, I just learned pretty early on that the world isn't a fair place, that uh, opportunity and access aren't equally distributed. And so I come from a community where folks are extremely talented and innovation, uh, you know, runs deep. Um, but access could be a real decision maker in sort of what your, your life looks like, what your opportunities look like. Um, you know, the jobs and the educational opportunities that are afforded to you. And so I knew that I, I wanted to work in a space that opened doors, right? That really elevated communities that were oftentimes kind of shut out of those opportunities. And so, yeah, I think that's where I, I had the idea. Um, my very first job, like right out of grad school, was with uh, a community-based organization called the Atlanta Urban Debate League. Super amazing uh, organization that went into the lowest performing schools, identified the lowest performing students. We taught them debate education as a means to really cultivate uh, critical thinking, research, uh, conflict negotiation skills. Um, and that work was you know, later funded by the Department of Justice as like a gang intervention uh, project. Mm-hmm. But what really worked is that like we saw kids just change the trajectory of their lives. Kids who had lived their entire lives in like a five or six mile radius in public housing authorities um, and were able to just, you know, really be a part of dreaming beyond their existing experiences and communities, right? And so seeing those kids go off to, to college and, uh, you know, start design careers, build their websites and, you know, just do amazing things was kind of the affirmation that I needed, which is, you know, it's a question of, of opportunity and access and not of, of talent or, or willingness or, you know, uh, grit. Right. It sounds like um, improving your community and doing the work to get that done and to see your goals come come true um, is kind of part of your DNA. So could you tell us a little bit about, about your background, um, how UCLA fits into that, and kind of the steps that you took for um, your career that kind of inform your business? Yeah, of course, of course. Um, you know, I like to say that the trajectory of my own life was forever and positively impacted by a couple of very chance encounters um, and, and mentors who would really um, help me to kind of believe that I could design a path that, that kind of worked for me and that I could do that and, and be comfortable sort of financially. I uh, grew up in Atlanta. I like to say it's like the, the area that TI raps about. It's changed so much now that like uh, the area has been gentrified. But I grew up on Bankhead, single mother, uh, went to some of the lowest performing schools. I think uh, many of them are, are now closed. But I had a couple of teachers that just really took an interest in me and would enroll me in summer camps and would suggest that I you know, try this activity. And in high school, uh, I learned about debate, not that I necessarily enjoyed enjoyed the activity I wanted to argue, but I just thought like the the perks were pretty cool that you got to travel and get on a flight and go to different campuses and compete. And so I signed up, you know, for the perks and kind of fell in love with the activity. It was a way for me to cultivate, uh, uh, you know, research skills, but to just learn about the world and perspectives that I hadn't yet encountered. So that, that for a couple of years, it's uh, largely uh, how I was able to afford uh, my undergraduate and graduate education. And it was uh, while I was debating that I, as I mentioned, sort of was a volunteer in the Atlanta Urban Debate League. I've always had a pretty robust volunteer schedule, primarily around uh, kids who just, you know, didn't didn't necessarily have the, the fairest hand. And uh, once I moved to California for a business school, um, I had to pivot a little bit. <laughs> My cost of living was substantially uh, higher. And um, I, I kind of ventured off into a, a different industry. 
had, uh, you know, an amazing time, um, but was sort of building and designing learning experiences for international corporate audiences that like would never benefit the communities that I come from. And so I think I was around 27 or 28 when I thought about, you know, what's the, the work that has fulfilled me in the past? Like what kind of feeds my soul and how do I get back to that? And so um, I decided to go back to business or to go to business school because I knew I wanted to work for a nonprofit. I loved the work that I did at the Atlanta Urban Debate League. I loved sitting around the cafeteria tables and doing homework with kids and kickball with the grandparents, that kind of stuff. But I wasn't very good at like the, the strategy, right? Like the board management, the fundraising. And so I um, wanted to fill that gap. Uh, I considered actually before business school a public policy degree, but uh was a little concerned about just the ROI uh, on that, given that it was my second uh, sort of master's and really liked the flexibility that I thought an MBA would afford. So I went to Anderson uh, just as I think the social impact specialization was kind of launching. And so really had to kind of carve out a, a way to make that curriculum um, my, my own and to really focus it on where I wanted to build a career. Uh, so really knowing that I wasn't, you know, sort of the traditional um, student that was looking to go into like, you know, finance or consulting or whatever that looks like. I really took advantage of like the net impact organization and the consulting challenges there that really allowed me to get some consulting experience under my belt and to really lead in a way that felt meaningful to me. Uh, I remember one of my favorite projects uh, was maybe like a 10-week project that I did in partnership with a family justice center in Hawthorne that was looking to, to expand and kind of centralize their services. And so was able to develop a fundraising strategy um, sort of designing some some programs and petitional uh, partnership cultivation strategies for them. I also took advantage of the, the sort of gap experience, sort of capstone project. There's a company um, based in New Zealand that made custom wheelchair seating for folks with really severe physical deformities. So not a nonprofit, but had a really, I, I thought, a great mission and a, a financial model that you know looked well beyond sort of profits and in a way to really be of service. And so that was another opportunity for me to spend some time on site you know, with a global company to design a really cool uh, sort of go-to-market strategy. And so um, I appreciated the ability to translate traditional business practices around efficiency and management um, into settings that I felt like were really um, more focused on enhancing the, the human experience. And, uh, you know, they're also the Anderson professors, you know, they are really open to, you know, classes are designed to be actionable, right? And so you want to talk about real world examples, what you're dealing with in the office, and to kind of leverage the collective thought of your peers to, um, you know, to problem solve. And so I took advantage of that. And I would uh, bring to the classroom the projects that I was working on, uh, you know, as uh, a, a, an intern um, in a county government office. Or you know, I'd say, I want to pilot this uh, kind of pay for success model in this like social context piece. How does that work? Or like, hey, I learned about like a social impact fund. How does this work? Like, help me to apply this to this kind of context. And I remember my favorite class was actually surprisingly like a behavioral economics class um, that really just helped me to think about how folks make decisions and particularly how to talk to like corporate audiences, philanthropic audiences, um, when you're asking them to kind of step outside of their like zone of genius and to do work that's much more community focused or kind of like, you know, building out their CSR initiatives. I also, uh, you know, think during my last year, I graduated uh, just before or during COVID. And there's like a venture course where you get to uh, like form a team and actually kind of build the basis of a legal business entity. And, you know, you, you pitch your idea, you got to sort of vie for folks to join your team. And, you know, my idea was I knew that there was this legislation happening in the social services space called the Family Family First like Prevention Services Act. 
that would really change the way that services were delivered and require interventions to be evidence-based. And so uh, I was able to work with a, you know, a group of seven or seven or so colleagues to build out a consultancy uh, that would kind of work toward that, that validation. And so just overall, Anderson gave me lots of really cool moments to experiment, um, to learn, and to really leverage uh, the experience of peers to kind of fill, fill the knowledge gaps. And it's been kind of fortuitous. Like since I've graduated, um, uh, the Pritzker Center, for example, funded that research project that I talked about in South in South LA uh, on campus. Um, so it's been a really cool community of, of folks who are really interested in just making positive change in the world. And I've been able to really hold on to some cool mentors and, and thought partners um, as a result of, of my attendance there. So what is uh, what are some initiatives that Community Up is working on right now? And are there any um, any big plans for the next year or more? Yeah, I'm in a, an interesting spot right now. You know, this conversation, we've really focused on the work that I've done, primarily focused on really vulnerable communities. Uh, right now, I'm taking a project uh, kind of at the end, other end of the spectrum. So connecting uh, Black and Hispanic entrepreneurs to access to growth capital to scale um, like high growth businesses across a few industries. And so working with an organization called Black Ambition, it's a, a celebrity-backed sort of opportunity fund that's really working to close the, the wealth and opportunity gap from another direction. This kind of ecosystem looks very different, but it feels really nice to be able to work in such a resource-rich environment and to also think about, you know, how the most privileged of, of community can also be a part of that kind of transformation, right? Like um, what innovation looks like in communities and how, you know, when uh, a business is built, what does that mean for, you know, the, the workforce and how folks are employed and what sort of new opportunities are created there. And so I've come on as the managing director uh, for, for that organization, Black Ambition, running that sort of national prize competition and search for organizations um, to, that we can fund building out a really curated suite of corporate partnerships that supports those entrepreneurs from like a learning and training perspective. And then just really being responsive to, to like what entrepreneurs need to really do um, some targeted sort of barrier busting. And so that's what I'm working on now. Uh, really excited about that work, but recognize that I'm kind of at a, a point where I need to make a decision on whether or not, you know, I sort of grow community up or if I, I take a beat um, and kind of finish this work and circle back to it. But you know, I, I expect over the next few years to very much remain active in the remain active, particularly as it relates to, you know, thinking through how to optimize outcomes for youth and foster care um, and just, you know, systems impacted youth more generally. Right. Like juvenile justice, mental health as well. So I've got a couple side projects that I collaborate on with just kind of my soul, you know, my network of, of folks who are committed to this work. But right now, my, my focus has been on, on, on Black ambition and really scaling that, that opportunity to support minority entrepreneurs. Yeah. So do you have any advice specifically for minority entrepreneurs um, that maybe you've uh, been sharing with Black ambition or that you would just like to offer our viewers? Yeah, I think that like, I think the biggest, uh, the most sort of additive course of action for me was just surrounding myself with people who were also building things and surrounding yourself with people who think that you're awesome and dope uh, because they will uplift you, uh, you know, when, when building a business feels difficult, right? When you're having to make some really critical decisions or you're just working in uncharted waters um, that, you know, making sure that you've got a community of folks who can support you, who can listen to you, who can share their networks just makes a world a world of difference. And, you know, the other, I was at an event actually yesterday um, at the gathering spot here in L.A. with uh, just a trailblazing entrepreneur. 
one of the things that she said was like early on in her journey when she you know, didn't have dollars uh, to kind of scale or do anything, she just invested in herself and, and making herself an asset and learning as much as she possibly could and uh, and being valuable to others, right? So that folks were coming to her uh, for advice around, you know, kind of the, the thing that she was trying to build. And that's how she really made herself um, kind of a, a commodity in the space in which she was innovating. So those are two things that I, I keep top of mind and that has uh, been helpful to me. Well, thank you so much, Jermaine. Um, I just want to turn it back to you just for one more, one more section, just to see if you have anything else you want to share. This is just the floor is yours. If you don't have anything else, that's all right. But if there's anything that you just don't want our viewers to, to miss. Awesome. No, thanks for the opportunity. I don't know that I have uh, anything specific to add. I certainly appreciate the opportunity to share a bit more about Community Up and my journey. I guess overall, I just maybe encourage listeners to think about how um, they can be of service from whatever vantage point, you know, that you're, you're working or living in, how you can pay it forward and help others uh, through, you know, volunteering of your, your time, your expertise. Um, but just really thinking about and acknowledging that the world is, is, is difficult to navigate. And if you can help someone along, it makes, it makes a world of difference. Great. Well, thanks so much, Jermaine. Um, that was fantastic. No, thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for joining us today and sharing your story and all your expertise. Bruins Built This is brought to you by The Daily Bruin, UCLA's student newspaper. You can listen to this show and others by The Daily Bruin on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. And a transcript of this show is available at dailybruin.com. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.